Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is the show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Well, congrats uh, with an asterisk to the asterisk. Uh, but, you know, the only th- the only thing that makes me happy is seeing Dusty Baker win. Mm, yeah. I mean, even then, it's sort of fun to see him not ever win before. <laughs> it's more it's more innocuous. I actually don't. I mean, I never find a discussion about, like, well, can this person really be good because they didn't win a championship? I find those to be a little disheartening. Yeah, they fall flat for me, too. So, so this at least the one silver lining of the Astros winning is that that we never have to have that conversation about Dusty Baker again. He had still never won one, right? Yeah, he'd never won before. Exactly. That's why it's that's why it's vaguely compelling. Yeah, well, there we go. Over on the uh one and a half wins. Yeah. There you go, Phillies. Yeah, good job. Hey, said Astros in six, that was my call. No, you you were absolutely right. Um and then looking ahead, uh next thing I guess we have to look forward to is gonna be hot stove season, right? There we go. Who's okay. uh yeah? Who's gonna be the it guy this year? You mean besides Aaron Judge? <laughs> yeah, age. but is he actually gonna go anywhere? I don't think so. Un- unless the only reason he would go somewhere is if he pulled a Soto. Yeah, that's the only but, way. Yeah, there's but there's not gonna be this. Last year had a bunch of different characters and a, re- a lot of different variables that were going on. Today we got a peek in the bet box. Bet box, like it. Uh, this is the first time since uh, six episode 619, if you want to hear how these things went, which was roughly all-star break. There we go. I have a small proposition for you here, sure. which is that we are just going to... I'm not going to update you on any of the 2023 bet boxes. It's nothing to do. So if it seems like I skipped a few today, it's because we did you it did. on purpose. <laughs> and we will, we will come back for the things where we predicted for 2023. They're just not compelling yet. They're just not compelling. Fair enough. Yeah. So let's um let's just kind of march through these. I have a couple ground rule questions to ask you. So when we have done these bed boxes, we've actually been a little shoddy at making sure that the other person disagrees always. Mm. So we've made predictions, but some of these don't have clear disagreement. How should we score those? Did you put like an asterisk next to these? No, anything. So I'm I, there's a table. Eric and I are looking at a table right now. Anything that doesn't have an entry was thrown by the other person and not necessarily in opposition. Yeah, it's, it is a little bit hard because there are times where I'm like, what's the over under for this? And then we sort of finally figure out what the spot is. And it's like, well, I don't, am I really taking the opposite side <laughs> of what you said? No, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, well, it was sort of putting the over under together to, as an exercise. Well, I think, yeah, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, but one of the biggest benefits of doing the bet box is just setting the lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just so that you, I mean, that's that's actually the most important thing. But there were a bunch where you, so we're going to get to a whole bunch that you threw where it was you asked me to pick which player was going to end the season at the top. Mm-hmm. And I, the question is, should I pin you down when on the field for those? Or... <laughs> 
Sure. You know, when, yeah. When you actually didn't. You actually didn't have a say. All right. Well, you're going to regret that answer. But I'm, I think <laughs> let's so. go. I think I, I, I think I am. Yeah. You, you are going to regret that answer. But here we go. So let's get into it. Ground rules. Um, taken care of. So here we go. Five point four eight. Our oldest one. Only one from previous season. Novi Marte. Zero point five plate appearances in twenty twenty two. I'm sorry. He's still in high A. The season did not go as it needed to for him to come up. The, the, nope. They exactly. were supposed to be competitive, but out of it for him to come up. They were competitive That's and right. competitive, and they were trying to get every win that they could. They succeeded. They got to the playoffs. There's no reason to have him on that team. Unless he had been so amazing in AA that he yeah. could have done one tool for them. And I that didn't sound like it also... He got That's hurt, right. I think, this year. Yeah. I was a little surprised that they kept him so far down. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I I think I, I'm not sure that we're gonna see him next year necessarily even. Whereas no. earlier this year I was like, Oh, we're definitely gonna see him in twenty twenty three. But now yeah. I I don't necessarily feel that way. Well, I thought I thought we were gonna see him on an eighty win team. <laughs> yeah. Uh fair enough. And and I don't know what they do next year either, so we'll see. All right, uh, a few obvious ones here. Josh Donaldson, four hundred PAs. I uh, picked the over. 546 there he is pretty good good about that yeah it was he didn't get injured i I did forget to say that's right i did forget to say one other piece of framing for this which is that part of the reason that i wanted to do the bet box today is because it forces me to look at stats right at the end of the season Uh (laughs) so a bunch of these where i'm like wow that is not the number i even remotely expected in my head you don't want to go into the off season and remember what you had thought in the preseason and then never updated that prior Yes, exactly. So that's why we're doing this. All right. Falefa versus Urshela. I was on Falefa. You were on Urshela for 2022 PAs. I punched in Falefa's first, 531. I thought, I got this for sure. Mm -hmm. Urshela, 551? (laughs) Where did that come from? Quiet. He showed up. He showed up this year for your team. Uh, Jose Iglesias, continuing on the PAs, 500 PAs. I had the over, you had the under. He got shut down right after we talked about this. Or he he went on uh, a long IL stint. Yeah, he was. So if you listen to six nineteen, I was super happy because we were on track. So he ends the season with four sixty eight. Not too bad, but again, I mean, all these guys that we just threw, really quiet for having roughly five hundred PAs. Like not five hundred PAs. Now what? No, it used to be. Not impactful guys for that. Jose, um, was, he was fine in a if, yeah in the TGFBI when he was in. I was it was like sort of nice. He was supposed Agreed. to be the first guy off the bench, you know, when a player was injured, but he wasn't <laughs> consistent enough for that. Alex Colomay, 20 saves. Uh, I picked the under. He had four saves. So we're going to score that one for me. Wow. Colomay is irrelevant at this well, point. Well, so but the theory fine. of the case was that some person would come in and just have 20 saves. Yes. Uh, all right. Walker Bueller. Uh, this is bummer one. You know, over under 200 innings pitched. Uh, we both predicted, we had done pretty well picking the over. I picked under for 200 innings pitched this year. This is pre injury stuff. Uh, he did get 58 Ks this year, actually. So he did, he did pitch some, which I feel pretty good about. Uh, I did get, I mean, I did get the under, but, you know, this is a hollow victory for me. Yeah. Speaking of hollow victories. <laughs> Jacob deGrom. Uh, and I'm actually, I I mean, I'm going to give myself the points. But to be fair here, we threw 212.5 Ks as the over-under 189.5 innings pitched. I picked the under on both of those. I'm actually stunned that he, he pitched 64.1 innings all after the All-Star break. Yep. 102 Ks in that? 
And he's a free agent, as we just mentioned. It's yeah. going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, some team has to, like, the the offer to him is, like, we actually have the medical staff that will keep you on the field. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think it's a fair offer. So I guess I'm wondering, what do you invest in? I'm not, no reason to throw any bet box or anything, but how do you feel about him next year? Are you, uh, would I you? I don't want to own him on a fantasy okay. team. Okay, all right, fair enough. He and okay. Chris Sale are in the same category. I owned him on that one at first, like, just breakout, like, wow, he is a number one yeah. year, and I had predicted that one. And ever since then, I have not wanted to have him. It's been, no, he's going to get hurt. He, he doesn't go back to the Mets, right? I, I don't know. Okay. All right, we'll talk about that specifically. Um, here's one that I'm bummed about. Brandon Woodruff, my theory of the case is correct. Uh, we predicted 29.1 Ks per total batters faced. Funky number. I picked the over. He did get 30.6 Ks per total wow, batters faced. Really so progressed. why is he bad? So why is he bad? <laughs> well, just because you strike people out doesn't mean that you're a good pitcher. Bud Norris proved that to us years ago. But why, why, but why is Woodruff bad? <laughs> is my question. I don't understand. I think that team. I think that team will even out. I think that they... Them selling, I think, had a really negative impact. Um, yeah. Woodruff got off to a slow start and Very. then didn't really have the confidence in the team around him, I think, to do anything but try to get Case. That's, yeah. Fair enough. These I guys, mean, at the end of the day, they want to get Case and wins. Like, yeah. And, and, but he's, he's not getting fit. wins. He's not getting wins, but he's getting 190 Ks. It's pretty good. Uh, all right. How about this one? You're correct. You win this one. Shane Bieber, 189 innings pitched. You picked the over. Shane Bieber threw 200 innings this 200? Year. Way to go, buddy. <laughs> what? I, I Out of nowhere. I did trade him halfway through the season. <laughs> that's Because, wild. I mean, that's exactly why. Well, because the 2021 season was depressing because he got shut down for a long stretch of it. And apparently that was just purely precautionary. And when they actually needed him to make a playoff run, they pitched him and he went 200 innings. Of course. That's, that's so a I, smart I, organization. No, no, no. I. That's actually a great point. I mean, how, how much credit should we give the Cleveland organization? I think a lot for that. Do you think so? Yeah. Yeah. They got they juiced, juiced him when they needed to. So are they somebody... I mean, okay, bigger question, though. Are they an organization that you trust more broadly? Like, are you interested... Are you more interested in Guardians players because you trust the management? It totally depends on what the context is, okay. right? Because I, we trust them to make the right decisions about the players for them. So that means that they did shut Shane Bieber down last year when they didn't have a chance, and then this year they used him. I mean, I think that there are a couple of players, when the team's doing well, yeah, I think you invest in Guardians. When they're not doing well, who knows what they're going to be doing with the players. Okay, so we have to we have to keep an eye on that. I think, I mean, that's an interesting thing to me because I've been kind of curious about yeah, thinking a little bit more harder about team modifiers, and depending upon what team a guy is on, how valuable they should be. Yeah. And you know, we just we just talked about Degrom. Like, <laughs> I don't don't like him on the Mets for sure. So don't trust him to have yeah to stay healthy. Exactly. All right. How about an insane one? Shohei Otani, 110 innings pitched. I had the under. You had the over. 166 innings pitched. But that's not the insane number to me, although I will give you the credit for that. 219 Ks? I I didn't know that number. I had no idea that the number was going to be that high. I knew he was good. 
I mean, I knew he had a good pitching season, but I I did not know 219K is good. It's better than so many pitchers out there this year. <laughs> I know. You know? I know. Yeah, it's he over. I really thought that he was going to be in that, like, comfortably in the 130, 140 range. I would not have said 166, I don't think, preseason. Yeah. And I don't think I would have said over 200, but over 110 innings pitched, yeah. Especially because that team is bad. It's like... Just go out there for like one time through the lineup. <laughs> I know, but but he's not having he's not having a bad. I mean, he didn't have a bad year. He struck out two hundred nineteen guys. It wasn't no. like it's not like. No, I meant as the base for him like this year. Yeah. It, like your manager is like, okay, go out for one time through the order. So that'll be like ah. four innings, three innings, whatever it yeah. ends up being. You know, Julio Urias, eight point six K per nine. I picked under. You picked over. 8.54. I had to put an extra significant thing, yeah. an extra digit in there. <laughs> we rounded when we bet on this. 8.54 Ks per nine. Uh, I was nervous because I accidentally punched this in uh, at the first half of the year, only for the first half of the year. He he regressed over the second half of the year. So he was he was basically like 9 K per nine first half, 8 K per nine second half, and it just evened out. Wow. That is so close. I know. I mean... That's the the closest one, apart from a couple ties that are coming up. But that's that's a good line. Why does he strike guys out? I thought that he was going to be a strikeout pitcher. I think he was supposed to be a strikeout pitcher. I think after post injury, didn't he sort of retool a little bit? I guess so. Just just remember that, listeners. That he's not a strikeout if pitcher. You want, if you want to get a K's, don't get Julio Urias. He's not a strikeout pitcher anymore. Absolutely not. There are pitchers like that who, you know, you have this conception of them that they're going to be strikeout guys, and then just doesn't happen. Like Cueto at one point, it was like, yeah, he's a Cueto. strikeout guy. Like, no, hasn't been. All right, one one where I was way off the mark. We knew it before. Aaron Nola versus Zach Greinke wins ERA whip. Uh, Greinke 4 wins, Nola 11 wins. Greinke 3.68 ERA, Nola 3.25. Greinke 1.34 whip. Nola, 0.96. Way to ring in that whip this year, Nola. uh, That's, I mean, the numbers for Nola are better than I was expecting. So Grinky's numbers are materially worse than I was expecting. He's just not, I thought he would find another way to get it done, like in 2021. We started the season pretty well, um, but that that team was terrible. I think his way to get it done is just not happening anymore. Well, no, that team that team was terrible, man. If if he was in front of a good defense and on a winning team, these numbers would have been better. But they weren't competitive because Aaron Nola had a good regression to the mean this year. Yep. Yeah, you're saying you're saying he stays in Houston, he wins the championship there with them as their fifth starter. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they would have loved that. Yeah. But not paying him the amount that they needed to pay him to stay. Exactly which is what the Royals stepped in for. All right, uh, two things on Nestor Cortez here. Uh, Nestor Cortez, K per nine, 10.2. I don't know why we set this line. I picked under uh, 9.26. I mean, we're pretty far off the mark on that line, unfortunately. That was it. That and, was his first half, right, with a little bit of regression yeah. baked in, I think? Yeah. Yeah, so he really got back to Joe Average there on the yeah. K per nine. But, but then other part was Nestor, was Nestor Cortez versus Marcus Simeon on the player radar uh, or ranking over the course of the season. I was on Simeon. You were on Cortez. Cortez still clocks in at number 53. 53, pretty darn good. Simeon, 
finally showed up and he showed up hard when he when he, he showed up hard so he he did finish 25 so i have to score that for me but cortez 53 is way higher than there's no way that i thought he was going to be anywhere near that and that brings up interesting ownership questions for next year for cortez okay well he's not a keeper oh no 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 he's not a keeper but he's not even do you can do you take him top 100 9.26 k's per nine on the yankees yeah, I mean, assuming yeah, assuming he stays judge. on, <laughs> uh, it's a you know, it's a valid question. So same Yankees team next year. Can you pay this much for him? Jeez, he's right in that range of the the pitchers that we keep on talking about. Yep, that like pitcher fourteen to pitcher thirty. He's in that range of like if you make the right decision and grab him at the right time, you're gonna you're gonna do good things. If you don't, you're gonna be kicking yourself all year. I don't know. You trying to put a bet box in front of me? No, no, no. I think I think we need to come back. We need to explore pitchers in that range because one thing the review sessions have taught me is that that's the place where our starting pitching is going to be made or broken. <laughs> yeah, we need to manually. We need to get the get out of our little algorithm the rankings, and then you and I need to adjust them, and then be like fully on board with this is our top fifty pitchers. Off yes, the board. I love it. Speaking of another guy to put in there, Lucas Giolito, 209.5 Ks. I picked the under 177. No, I didn't pick the over. <laughs> you did not. Expressly. You did not. So that's that's where. Uh, Sandy Alcantara, 16.5 wins. That was so aggressive. Cannot believe you let me have that line. I picked under. You did pick over here. 14. Because well, he had so many to start at that point. He had he yep. jumped out ahead and then, what, he got eight more wins over the whole rest of the year or something like yeah, that? Yeah, big regression. Yeah. Yeah. But but your theory of the case was good. Alcantara 3.0 ERA full season, which was, again, I thought big regression coming. You, you called the under 2.28 ERA. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really good. He was good. He was really good this year. His team just didn't get him the wins that he needed to to make him elite. I was going to mention this later. Kyle Wright got 21 wins this year. He got 21 wins? 21 wins. That's what? three clear. Three clear of the next guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, wins just don't mean anything. What? <laughs> wow, that is insane. What? Where did that come from? Well, he's so, been tracking as like a decent as a decent option. Sure. Absolutely. One more pitcher to throw for you before we do a little bit of batting here. Tony Gonsolin, over under 134.5 innings pitched. I picked the under, you picked the over. 130. Son of a bitch. <laughs> They backed they backed him way off. They backed him way off because he looked way on pace early at when we put this in the bet box episode wow, six point one six. In case you essentially curious. five. But how about this? The flip side, Mike Trout over and under one hundred and thirty five point five games. I picked the over. You picked the under. Mike Trout only hits one hundred nineteen games. Well, I mean, why would you take the over? When we Maybe talked about this episode six point one six, he was on track to hit the over. <laughs> yeah, but he's just doing late season, not playing stuff. All right, now we're in the part where I think you're going to be upset. <laughs> okay. In episode 6.20, 620, you had this great ranking system where it was guys at the time who had similar values for all 10 scoring categories, and you had me pick which guy I thought was going to come out on top. Uh, so, for yeah, instance, hits, yes, we've yes. got Bogarts, Rosario, Benintendi. I picked Bogarts. It's... 171 Bogarts, 180 Rosario, 140 Benintendi, so you get that one. But I have to say, 
180 hits for Ahmed Rosario was not what I was expecting. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Runs. Swanson okay, versus Schwarber. Schwarber, 100. Swanson, 99. I mean, that's a good, that was a good, that was a good pick by you. A good oh, toss wow. of those two guys. Similarly, RBIs, Austin Riley, 93 RBIs. Kyle Tucker, 107 RBIs. So I got Tucker on that one. I mean, you, you picked pretty good, you picked pretty good pairs here. So Corey Seager and Byron Buxton on home runs. I picked Seager. Seager had 33 home runs. Buxton, 28 home runs. So if you're keeping track, I was actually scoring pretty well in this, which is why I feel a little bad just <laughs> taking all these from you. Yeah. Because you picked good guys, and it was just on me to pick who was going to be better towards the end of the season. 50% from chance. Then on. Yeah, well, if you had I gave 50%, 50% chance. chance. And you got it I did statistically one. better than randomly guessing, but okay. Yep. Uh, how about this one, though? <laughs> Stolen bases. Bobby Witt, Cedric Mullins, Edmund, Tommy Edmund, Ronald Acuna. Here we go. Bobby Witt, 30. Mullins, 34. Edmund, 32. Acuna, 29. I picked Witt. I almost picked the worst one. <laughs> That's, yeah, well, Acuna. Acuna was pretty clearly the one who be in that convo. But I thought but I thought Witt was going to be, a, like, a real base dealer. The fact that Mullins got 34 again. I mean, Mullins has, val- has real, real fantasy staying value. Real stolen base value in a league that doesn't steal bases anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But Tommy Edmund also 32. I'm, I mean, he's, so of these four, Mullins is, well, Acuna is the one you want, obviously, but Mullins is, of okay, so of the three, let's say Mullins, the other two actively hurt you, Witt and Edmund on some level. Right. Mullins but doesn't Edmund, actually hurt it, you. It also tells you that Ed, Edmund wasn't supposed to be in the same conversation as Bobby Witt. Also true. Yeah, and I, I think I'm actually more disappointed in Bobby Witt than I am feeling happy for Edmund, if that makes sense. Yes, exactly. Agreed. I think, you know, I picked Wit because I thought this is a great talent. He's not, he's not really showing it. So I would, I would, going ahead, going forward, I would be a little nervous to put a lot into Bobby Wit. For sure. All right, wins. Switching to the pitching side. Gonsolin versus Manoa. Uh, I picked Manoa. They both ended up with 16. Nice job, guys. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Uh, 16 we do... in 130 innings. That's, I mean, Gonsolin, way to be on the Dodgers. <laughs> I know. I know. Um, okay, we'll skip to the other tie here. Saves. Duran versus Hauk. They both had eight, which I think was like they got two more saves since we talked about it. <laughs> Those teams, uh, your team and my team, did not <laughs> oh, have man. good second halves. That was, that was sad. All right, what about this one? Great call. K's. Rodon versus Nola. Oh, Carlos Rodon, 237. Aaron Nola, 235. I mean, this was a great comp <laughs> because they're both elite in Ks. I mean, mm-hmm. that's those are that's huge really good numbers. numbers. Yeah. They're huge numbers of Ks. But the price on Rodon is significantly cheaper, I think, right? Next year, going ahead. Than Nola? Yeah. What do you think? I think it is, too. And if he stays in San Francisco, I think he continues to do that. Yeah. But if he cashes this in and goes to, like, Boston, uh, I don't know if he's going to hit that K target again. Nola's probably going to be in Philadelphia again, and he's probably going to have the same situation. So he's, I think, a much more stable option. I think that makes sense. I think Nola's under control for a couple more seasons where Rodon is actively uh-huh. out there now. All right. All right, two that <laughs> diverged nicely, ERA and uh, – or. 
yeah, whip and ERA. This is pretty funny. So for whip, you threw Spencer Strider, Joe Ryan. I picked Spencer Strider. That was pretty much a no-brainer. Uh, so Strider has 0.99 whip over the course of the season. Joe Ryan, 1.10. Very nice Strider. Good season. Spencer Strider. Good season out of him. Spencer Strider is going to be expensive. Good mustache. Year. Good season. He's going to be expensive. Two guys that aren't probably going to be that expensive, but interesting on ERA. Christian Javier and Pablo Lopez. I picked Lopez, which was very wrong. So Christian Javier, 2.54 ERA. Pablo Lopez, 3.75 ERA. Do like Christian Javier. Do you? I I honestly haven't developed enough of an opinion of him. He was available in a lot of leagues at a time, mm-hmm. and it was like, you know, he's going to, he's on a good team. He's going to be able to get some. He's got some good defense behind him. Pitcher's Park, you know. Pablo Lopez, too, good pitcher park, but you can never trust. <laughs> I Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, 3.75 is not a good ERA, to be clear. I don't know that I'm actually super pumped about Pablo Lopez next year. But I, I get that. I don't know. All right. Uh, so that was that was all in episode six twenty. Great, good episode. Fun to listen. Fun to listen back to. <laughs> and the conversation, it, yeah. the conversation was interesting. Um, all right, Dylan Cease over under one point one nine whip. I picked under. You picked over one point one one on the season. He had a really great season. Yeah, we have a lot. We have a lot of stuff to figure out in the off season about pitcher value. This mm-hmm. was a good year. This was a good year to do starting pitcher reviews because <laughs> we got to see I I I feel like it's really confusing what to do this year. Um believe it or not, we are on our last one here. Last one that we've got that's evaluated. We still we still have we still have 10 in the bet box. So <laughs> for yeah, 2023. Nice. But, all right, funny closing. Funny closing one. Uh I was so so wrong on this one. Tristan McKenzie. Why did I throw this line? 4.08 ERA from August 15th to the end of the season. Caveat five plus starts. He exceeds that. You picked the under, and you you were pretty you were pretty confident about it. 2.54 ERA from the end of the season. Is is Tristan McKenzie good? Didn't isn't this what our conversation was when we had this? Yeah, I know. I so what I learned is that I have to defer to you on this. I. I don't know if it, it don't don't defer to me. I did not have a very good year. Yeah, I, I, there again with the Cleveland thing. Uh, exactly, exactly. So trust I, them when they're doing well. Don't trust them when they're not. That's an interesting interesting standpoint. Uh, so in case you were keeping score at home, that was on the 2022 full season bets. That was 19 for me and 12 for you. Been worse. That's, that's like three years in a row. They've, You've gotten me after I think I cleaned up on you the first couple of years. First couple of years, you really cleaned up on me. I I really think it was I really think it's mostly because we got better at setting lines. I mean, look at a couple of these are a couple of these are crazy. Like, oh the, my <laughs> word, ninety nine to a hundred runs. <laughs> yeah, and the the K's two thirty seven to two thirty five. I mean, those are we as a statistical podcast. We probably should not award points for something in the noise. <laughs> so clearly in the noise. <laughs> True. Yeah. we'll have to we'll have to rate significance of some of these in the, in the <laughs> i mean like that and that urias 8.54 versus 8.6 i mean i oh, like it's exactly yeah yeah but i missed I, it, it so was, I, 8.5 is less than 8.6 that's that's true but i i will say so it is true that in raw numbers i beat you but 
in theory of the case, <laughs> when I was wrong, I was wrong. And it right. turns when out I was wrong, it was really I had the I needed to be more aggressive in setting the line. It's interesting because in fantasy that's actually quite bad. <laughs> like it's it's worse to be very wrong because you do things like invest too heavily in Zach Drinky, thinking this will be fine. Mm. And then <laughs> So Yeah, but at the same time, there's some times where it's like yeah, you you invested in Zach Greinke, and you shouldn't have. And it's, if it's so wrong, you can drop the player. Whereas, like, Jose Iglesias, you're like, you know, he's going to get yeah. up to 500 innings pitch. I would not that – I mean, innings pitched. <laughs> Played appearances. Yeah. It's like, I'm not that wrong and close. I'm, and then you just keep believing it yeah. for far too long, and then you're dithering on a decision point. So it, sometimes I think making – just a dumb decision ends up being helpful because you can drop that player. Yep. That may be right. We doing the review session? Let's do it. All right. Trevor Rogers. Yep. Trevor Rogers. So very confused, you know, very confusing name. <laughs> I feel like with, with other players, we were talking about the Miami Marlins starter who is also six, five, like, man, these guys are tall. Deceptive. Uh, He's deceptive. 20 24 years old this is only his third season really only his you know second full season obviously in 2022 he starts 23 games it's on the marlins remember he has four wins 11 losses a 5.47 era a 1.50 whip and only 106 strikeouts in 107 innings pitched why were people drafting him didn't he have a really good year last year i thought he did he did (laughs) he did he had a really good year last year. So his ERA went from he was 2.64 in 2021, mm. and he was 1.15 whip, and those ballooned. I mean, this is an interesting – so my question to you as the king of calling sophomore slumps, is this a sophomore slump yes. where we expect <laughs> – Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. No, no, no. But do we, do we expect him to get better is my, yes. is my real question. Yes, okay. I think so. I think that okay. he's doing all the sophomore slumpy kind of stuff where it's in his head. Okay. I mean – Aggressive, aggressive jock grab as well. A lot of those in the uh, stat cast. Yep, right there. Just right after he throws a strike. I mean, boom. He's, he doesn't look like a 24-year-old, you know? He's like, <laughs> no, uh, no. So I, I, um, <laughs> I don't know what to do here. I mean, I thought this, like I saw these numbers and I was like, oh, this is an open shut case. We don't have to worry about this guy. But then you have now, to look back in his 2020, um, 2021, 2021. But now I'm looking at this and thinking, uh Oh, what, what are we supposed, how are we supposed to evaluate him? I mean, last year, 157 strikeouts on 133 innings pitched. That's pretty good. So he was out for a small, you know, he's out for a lat strain at the end of the season. Uh, he had some back spasms this year, but, you know, nothing nothing super long. Man, what a guy. <laughs> um, well, he was on he was on double A and triple A this year. He had some starts. Yeah, he had he had During rehab starts for the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Okay. Do you want to go through the FIP and XFIP? I do. I do, actually, because I, I really want to know what to do with him. <laughs> uh, okay. His ERA was 5.47. Yeah. So I assume his peripherals have to be better than that. Th- they all are. So his XERA is 4.84. Um, okay. His okay. FIP is 4.36, and his XFIP is 4.11. So, so he's still bad, but he's not 
atrocious, like his like a five point four. Well, his fit being one run better. I mean, that's <laughs> pretty big. Is yeah, his left on base was sixty seven percent. We just have not seen that. But isn't this just the question we were just talking about with Pablo Lopez? <laughs> uh, like, the Marlins don't have a good defense? Yeah. So. But Sandy Alcantara. Well, Alcantara is like a singular talent. Well, I don't think we're saying that Rogers and Pablo Lopez should be in that conversation, too. They, they well, have people were. Aces, I agree with that. Right? I mean, that's the theory. That's the theory of the case for the Marlins as a team. Yes. Yeah. Well, if they got, like, imagine if they took your uh, shortstop and they got whoever's playing short to play second. They got a decent third baseman. Like, I could I could see them drastically improving their defense and then becoming, like, a team. Because that ballpark is going to be helpful. Sure. I, so I, I thought Rodgers, I thought I didn't have to worry that I didn't even have to look at Rodgers. I still think I'm not going to worry about him a lot. But if he falls... He's a guy that I'm interested in because he clearly has some raw talent. Mm-hmm. I think he does. And I think that he's over under on, on his ERA being five. I'm going to take I, the under. I think, yeah, obvi- obviously. I mean, I think I think four is an interesting line. Can he beat four on his ERA next year? Yes, I think he would. He's pick 87. <laughs> that's, that's what I find super interesting about this is that he – killed people's fantasy teams for sure yeah oh I mean, yeah that kills it like people like this is in that in that middle murky range of pitchers that we keep talking about all the time this is a killer one yeah because three picks later you could have had alec manoa yeah you or shane mcclanahan seven picks later wow he was the no doubt i didn't i i you know my sophomore slump piece i didn't really see him as like in that same group but <sighs> yeah but there's a bunch of junk in here too um anthony rendon and the thing is is that we know that that is a junk a possible diamonds in the rough part of the draft and that's i mean i really want to do some sort of series working on that region in the draft pick 80 to pick 120 yep exactly how do we get that right yeah because that's the point how do you you get that right you have these panic picks too jordan romano is in there (laughs) that's a funny one Tommy Edmond is in there, too. I have my Jake Cronenworth that never amounted to anything is in there. Yeah, you're hoping for players that... You're hoping that these are the players that are going to be better next... They're going to be better. So they're going to yes. end up being this end up this season at top 60. But you're getting yes. them at, at round pick 100 value. Dansby, Dansby Swanson was 108. Picks I regret, but yes. Yeah. All right, so... Do we need we need to do an over under here, or are you taking the over on four ERA? I can't take the over on four, but we could reset the line. I mean, I I don't know. I'd how. rather know where he's going to get picked. <sighs> yeah. Okay. I I think I think people are going to see this and be spooked, and I think that he's going to be picked. I would say I would set the over under line. How about that? I'll set the over under at one thirty two. 132 is Matt Chapman, the closest pitcher to mm. that. 127 was Pablo Lopez. Wow, that's that's fitting. That's fitting. I I think that's that's a good spot for him. I think because people that see the potential will take him. People that see the numbers from last year will not. Trevor Rogers was 95. Yep. No, I agree. Yeah. Okay. So let's see if he let's see if he goes back 30. I'm thinking that he goes back 30, and you're saying he goes back 40. Yeah. Basically. Right. 
three rounds, four rounds, yeah. Okay. Um, time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Sea. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is worst luck to you, buddy. Worst luck to you, too. Yeah.